Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dude, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I'm going to keep racking. I'm going to keep racking on this dude. And now... The, <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm trying to do it. <laughs> Oh. The power of the Black Panther. We street away. That's Forrest Whitaker. Leave him alone. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I went to South Africa for the first time, I believe in 2017. Uh, that was the first country that I went to on the continent of Africa. And I remember that long flight over the ocean. I didn't know what to expect to feel going back to the motherland, but I knew it would be special. I tried to keep expectations down as much as possible. When I fly somewhere new, the less expectations I have, the more I can enjoy the place for what it is. But little did I know that I had already carried and checked in with me many preconceptions and notions about Africa that I didn't know were a part of my luggage. And a new wave of excitement, interest, and passion about all things Black and all things Africa for Black Americans has arose in the last few years and there are many reasons why this has happened some of it is trendy some of it is sincere but whatever it is what lies underneath all of that is a group of people who strongly desire to feel some connection to people that came long before them And with our troubled history, it can be very difficult to do that. And so our interest in Africa, however misplaced or correct it may be, has some room for grace. And so South Africa being the first place that I went to on the continent and now the most traveled place I've been to outside of this continent my perspective of Africa has evolved so much and taken on so many different nuances. And the one thing I think that is most pronounced 
about what I know now about Africa, having been to several different countries there. I'm not an expert by any means, just going off of my own experience of being to the continent now seven times. Black Americans are very different from Africans. We're, we're very different. When I go to Africa, I feel much more American than anything. But at the same time, we are so much alike and it's beautiful and and it's and it's beautiful and sometimes even a bit discouraging to see how much we have in common after being separated for so many generations and so many miles of ocean there are over 50 countries in in Africa and so there's no way that any one of them can be just like the other but even considering that they still have a lot in common with each other and black americans and blacks across the globe still have so much in common with them and i say beautiful and discouraging because yeah the struggle though it has taken on different versions and faces across the globe the struggle of africans people of, of dark skin across the history of humanity has been very troubled um, but the beauty is to see just how similar our stories of victory are our ongoing stories of struggle and victory family my name is joseph solomon i am a singer songwriter poet spoken word artist youtuber lifelong student ever doubtful christian frequent flyer quarantined <laughs> welcome to the seventh flight of the flights and feelings podcast season one where we thoughtfully and vulnerably travel through faith relationships sexuality science health and culture via storytelling poetry, and conversation. If you have already joined the Flights and Feelings Sky Club on Patreon, then you have already heard the unedited version of this podcast. Yes, I finally started a Patreon, and that is where you can get extra, exclusive, and early content. That's early podcasts, longer podcasts, also acoustic song covers, like the audio files for the things that y'all have been listening to on Instagram and YouTube, vlogs, devotional videos, just deeper interaction. I'm able to actually answer DMs on there as well. So we'd love for you to become a Flights and Fillings Sky Club member at patreon.com slash what is Joe doing? Okay, so normally around this time, I give a flight tip. You know, uh, I travel a lot, so I try to share some of the wisdom I, I picked up along the way as I've been traveling. It feels a little odd to be giving out flight tips right now, I'll be honest, because 
we don't know the next time we'll be flying anytime soon. I don't know if y'all are going to remember this stuff later on. I, it just feels odd. There have been reports from airlines and uh, TSA that, that in the United States, there has been a 96% drop in the amount of travelers that they are seeing. Uh, that's great. I don't know who the other 4% is, but it better be essential, like essential, essential. I don't really have a flight tip right now, to be honest with y'all. Uh, and usually I'm sort of inspired. My flight tips are sort of inspired by me traveling and thinking of things as I'm on the road. I have not been on a flight in over a month now, a month and a half. So my travel obviously is cut down on the next time I'm going to travel. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll pause that until it seems more apropos. The tip that I will have, though, is a quarantine tip. Maybe I'll give some quarantine tips. And the one I have today is for y- y'all who doing this little voicey or voicey, whatever that app is that people are putting on Instagram and got the T-Pain harmonies over the 1999 R&B beats. Stop it. I'm still here. Just want y'all to sit in that awkward silence for a moment. Listen. I know you think it sounds good, Quarantina Turner, but that ain't it, dog. It's not it. That's my tip for today. So for this particular topic, it is, man, such a great opportunity to be able to have someone from one of my favorite places in the world, which is South Africa, Tuso Mbedu. She is a international Emmy Award nominee, and it's such an honor that I was even able to get her on. If you're American, maybe or maybe you haven't heard of her, but maybe you will very soon. But if you are from South Africa or even another country in Africa, it is very likely that you may have heard of her. And she's been in Atlanta for a little while now. Um, She just went back to South Africa because of coronavirus situations, it was just best for her to go back to her home country as quick, as quickly as she could. But I was able to get this podcast recorded with her before she took flight. And in this podcast, we talk about depression. Go figure. Um, we talk about the infatuation of Black Americans with Africa. We talk about Black Panther and what it meant to Black Americans and what it meant to Africans. And just in general, I think this is a nice nod to the country of South Africa. Um, This podcast has done very well out there. It has hit number one overall uh, on a couple of different occasions on Apple Podcasts. And I know that outside of America, one of my largest, if not the largest audience I have is in South Africa. And so I would love in some way if this podcast could be doing that is somehow bridging the gap between my South African audience and my native American audience. When I say native, not native American, like the people who were here long before everybody else, but you know what I mean? Those who are natively from who were born here, a black Americans, my black American audience and white American audience, Asian American audience, my American audience in general, I would love for y'all to see this as, a bridge and just a great conversation about the nuances of the cultures that we share and differ in. 
You know, no, go keep going. <laughs> go ahead, be prideful because all South Africans are like super prideful. Yes, we about. So go ahead, flex about Zulu. That's Ooh. that's what you really be claiming. Yeah, definitely. Like that's what I'm. I'm. I'm, sub- I'm supposed um, because my father's Sutu. I'm supposed to identify with the Sutu side of the family. Well, but I grew up with my Zulu family, and so I claim King Shaga Zulu as my you know ancestor. I am proudly Zulu. We are the most recognized tribe. Out yeah, of all the tribes in South Africa. You see remnants of it in popular uh, American culture. Yeah. Like we, African-Americans want to be African so bad. And Aww. we talked about this one time, like yeah. how sometimes Africans look at African-Americans, black Americans, and they're like, what, what are <laughs> yeah. y'all doing? Like that's, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not it. What, like whatever, what is that? That, what? that shiki, <laughs> like, it doesn't just come from all over Africa yeah. or whatever, like. that accent you're trying to do or even like whatever history. So one of those ways is like, you know, I know Shaka, I know the name Shaka from Shaka Khan. Okay. And Zulu is like, I remember like Africa Mabata and the Zulu nation. Like, I don't know much about them, but that was like the first time I ever heard of Zulu. Then you hear about the Zulu warrior. Yeah. And that's sort of what y'all are most known for is like, yeah, like the tribes, like the the warrior. The warriors. Yeah. Because King Shaka tried to take over most of South Africa. And that's when you had um, some of the Zulu people, then run from him into different parts of Africa. Mm. Yeah. He tried. He tried. You know, and we commend him for that. He tried it. He tried it. He tried <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. So I think it's I think it's interesting that, um, you know, going back to that point of like, black Americans, we want, because we feel so disconnected from mm. Africa, we reach and grab for whatever we can. Yeah. And we come up with stuff that's not all that accurate. Yeah. You know, maybe like we start pulling from all different countries in yeah. Africa and, yeah. and we just sort of claim it all as Africa part of our- Africa's one country. Yeah. Yeah. Africa's a country. But you know what? <laughs> right? With that, I think having been here, I- I sympathize or empathize with you guys to some extent because mm. as Africans, we can judge you guys so harshly about uh, for that. And that's because of our lack of understanding of what it actually means to you guys here. And having spent more and more time with people this side, it's like, it makes me sad that that's the reality. How do Americans feel about you here? Like... Cause uh, let's go. Let's get into like the the uh, <clears throat> the awkward stuff of like because even here you speak right now like you're not the quote unquote whatever that is typical African African right yeah like you don't have that typical quote unquote Lord have mercy the accent <laughs> the African accent that African doesn't, accent that doesn't exist the African especially as an actor because as an yeah. actor they want you like yo put on like the African accent I'm like what do you mean I am African this is how I sound it's it's the weirdest thing. Like the first time I was in the States in 2012, when people would ask ask me where I'm from, they would assume that I'm I'm from the UK. And then when I'd say I'm South African, they'd always have this confused look as to that doesn't make sense. And for me, that didn't make sense because then what is Africa to you if I can be speaking to you in English that makes sense? And it like something in their brains could not connect the fact that someone 
from Africa, a black African could be fluent in English and could represent themselves in whatever manner. It was weird. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know. There's a lot of people <sighs> who have this sort of notion. Well, let me put, let me put it this way. I, there's a lot of people who don't understand just how much of Africa speaks the English yeah. like as a yeah. as a first or second yeah. language. Language, yeah. You know, or French or whatever it, you know, their colonizer was. That's always the question among Africans. Yeah. It's like, so who, who, who colonized, colonized you? you? Yeah. That's the question I learned. Oh, oh yeah, you were colonized. Okay, yeah, By yeah. The French, the Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. man. There t- and now the the new colonizer, I feel like in Africa is the Chinese. Yeah, Chinese. I don't I don't um I'm not too in tune with what's happening like politically, but I think they've got enough their claws in South Africa. I feel like we've been bought by their Chinese. Because yeah. our president had some deals with them. Not sure e- even what. South Africa. Yeah. Cause I noticed it more when I was in like Malawi and Zambia, especially you in Z- and Kenya. Okay, in Kenya yeah. you, you like see the sign like they're building all these highways and stuff and there's like Mm. Chinese signs everywhere. Like you, you pull up to the Zambian airport, it feels like you, for real. Yeah, it feels weird. It's like there's no there's like barely any English yeah. on the outside of it. First, you just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, did, well, I didn't. Re- I, did, I guess I didn't really notice it as much. I think it's it's only South happened Africa. in like the last two three years though, because I know economically we were in financial trouble, and I think we got a bailout from China, which a debt that we probably won't ever be able to pay back. Mm. So. You know what that means, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a different it's a different kind of colonization in the twenty first century. It's not by war. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or pillaging and rape and all that. It's yeah. like Oh, you need some money? Yep. Just like and you you know, the borrower becomes the slave. Yep. That's, I mean, the Bible literally calls it that. The borrower is the is the slave and the lender is the slave master. It's yep. Like, so what we have is a new version of, of that, masters yeah. and slaves in in Africa. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, kind of doubling back on the thing we were talking about earlier, you're an actor. Yes. What What are you known for acting in, in for, for all the people who, South African actors are like, why are you even <laughs> asking her this? You, what? Boy, you got to do your research. But uh, you're a pretty big deal. In South Africa, don't try to mm, get the humble. <laughs> no, no, it's not even like that. No, what is it like then? I don't, I don't see myself as that. Um, no, okay, I don't. That's good. That's good, man. Lord, keep her humble. Keep her humble, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like I've only done a handful of things. Um, I'm very picky about what I do. Like I will not take anything and everything. I'd rather be without a job than settle for something that I feel like doesn't speak to my purpose or whatever. Um, like my very first job was in 2014. It was a show called Saints and Sinners. I went on to do a soapy called Scandal on ETV. Um, then small appearances here and there on Ispaya, whatever. The other one isn't worth mentioning. And then the one that... What? It's the slip of the tongue. Yeah. You know, these things happen. You know, it really isn't worth mentioning. Um, 
And then just the one that I'm most known for is a show called Istunzi. That's the one that happened. And it happened in a time where I was just like, okay, God, I need you to come all the way through or take my life. You know, I'm okay. If if you're not going to come through, take my life. I've had enough. That's how bad you wanted it. Not how I wanted it. I was just in a place in my life where I hadn't worked for about six months. Uh. So I was just like, God, I'm following you. I'm here because I believe you said I need to be here. And I've got no desire to do anything else. So if I'm not living out my purpose, then what's the point of me still being alive? Ooh. Yeah. It was That's that. Heavy. You felt like that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Ooh, I did. She prayed that. That's that Elijah prayer. He was like, <laughs> Lord, I'm finna go take this nap. And, and then, uh, don't wake me up. Yeah, don't wake me up. <laughs> don't wake me yeah. up when it's all. That's, I, that's how she was on. So, like, like, you literally felt that way? Like, is that like a thing of like, was that like a like a emotional slump for you in that time in that six month period or it was it was I think it was it's the like the darkest place that I've been in in my entire life um and it's the reason why I have the tattoo that I have here on my collarbone I got that after I got out of that slump and what does your tattoo say faith hope love without faith without hope without love of God love for God love of my sister probably would have taken my life type situation but I didn't have it in me I needed God to take my life. <laughs> wow type situation wow that yeah. literally Elijah I, I felt like that way before too that I was like Lord I don't want to commit suicide but if I got in a really really bad <laughs> yeah. quick car accident <laughs> that's <laughs> how I felt I was like you know what I wouldn't be mad like this yeah. would be a good time to exit <laughs> <This is> a- <laughs> wow yeah. that's deep that's yeah. deep yeah, yeah. Um, and it happened because it was in 2016 and at the beginning of the year, I go to like church where we do like fasting and prayer. And God had shown me so many things in that time in January 2016. And I was I was excited for the year. And, you know, and his final word for me was just trust me. Okay, cool. God, I'm going to trust you, you know. And then, you know, he'd spoken some things and he had confirmed things where it's literally like a case of, okay, in this week, this television show is going to approach you with a job. Decline it. And like the next day, I got a call from that television show and I had to decline it because, you know, God, you know, stuff like that. So I was just like, okay, God, I'm taking out your word. And then 2016, he had, he had marked as a great year for my career. And then, so I was excited. He'd shown me visions. Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. You know, he said you would change the standard of the industry, so the South African industry. Excited, excited, excited. The year starts and I am chilling at home. Without a job for about Changing six the world months from home. Like, what is going on? You know, it was it was hard. It was really really tough. At some point, um, I was like addicted to flu medicine because it would make me like hallucinate and be high, and um, yeah, I was just I was in a bad bad place. And then July was my birthday, and I remember oh pause there. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I went and stalked Tuso. Uh, so Tuso followed me on, on Instagram. And oh, I followed you first, actually. But you tweeted about or you posted about I me. I storied about you. Yeah, yes. you storied about me. And I was like, I don't know who this person is. I was in South Africa, ironically, when you posted that. <laughs> um, and so I started following you. And then uh, 
Yeah, long story short, I found out we have the same birthday. birthday. Yeah, you have a great birthday. I do. It I do. Really so is. do you. It's, it's a really a, good yeah, day. It's a good for day the to world. Be, yeah. For the entire world. It really world. is. Yeah. It really is. All right, back to your story. Sorry. Um, so um what I've something that I'd noted in the past the past is that like on my birthday, God always gifts me with something, you know. So, but it always happens like every third year type situation. Um, but here I was going to turn 25 and I was just like in a bad way. And I was just like, God, it's almost my birthday. How are you going to do me like this? Like, what's up? You know, like if you're not going to come through, take me on my birthday, you know, <laughs> like for birthday. real, you know, but then um, it so happened that I was called in for an audition and I really liked the character. I was the only one called in for that particular role, which was a lead role. And then the others <clears throat> were auditioning for other roles. And I went in, I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to give it my all. This is the last energy I have. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to, you know, just go full in audition like it's my last audition. I went for the audition, great. And I was like, okay, phew, I left it all on the table. And then I got a call from my agent and like, okay, there's a callback. And then I saw that on the callback, it was me and someone else. And I was like, Lord Jesus, did I do that badly? That they want to bring someone else. And that Sunday, I remember, I was like, okay, I'm preparing for the callback. I'm preparing for the callback. And then I stopped and I was like, no, actually, God, I don't have the strength to do this. I'm not going in for that callback. I'm tired. I am finished. And I didn't tell my agent this. And yeah, I wasn't going to go for the callback. But later that Sunday night, my agent calls me and she's like, don't worry about the callback. You got the role. Hey. I was like, okay. You know, glory to God. The, it, was, it was exciting. It was exciting. And I think pre-production started on my birthday or the day before or something. But it was around my birthday. So that yeah. for me was my gift from God. You know, and the show was on a time slot that nobody watched. I remember when I asked, okay, what time slot is it? And it was like Monday, 7 p.m. I'm like, who watches that on Monday? But the show did so well that it flipped. And now the time slot is one of the most sought after time slots. Really? Back home. You know, that used to be like the, we used to call that primetime television in the States. Monday, 7 p.m. is like the best like time that you could. Mm, but on the, the channel, because the channel was still coming up. Oh. Magic, nobody watched TV. Nobody uh, watched that channel because they had other things to watch. Yeah. You know, so it was just like, okay, well, this is sabotage. <laughs> so that but show flipped, flipped it. the sort of sought after. Yeah. Man, yeah. So, and that's, she's not and now everybody's she's trying to be on that time. Like, <laughs> she's not a big deal. She, trust me, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. And then, you know, just what I appreciate about the show was that with the, with the talent that we had, the, the cast that we had, a lot of people, the audience then started saying, oh my gosh, we actually have actors that can act in this country. And so now the audience started putting a demand on the hiring of people that can actually act. Because we're in an, our industry hires a lot of socialites. It's people casting because you have X amount of followers and not because you have the talent. Oh. So it shifted that a little bit, which I really, really appreciated. Yeah, And I guess that then fulfilled God's word of you will change the standard of the industry, you know. And then from that show, I got my two uh, nominations for the International Emmys, which was amazing as well. I was able to come to New York. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience meeting people, 
anyway. no big deal yeah. no big deal <laughs> god had spoken it so, yeah, you know it yeah. is what it is Here in the States, Black Panther was a huge deal. I think they're working on another one. From a, from a perspective of someone like myself who has been to at least South Africa, which had a lot to do with the influence on, um, on, okay, yeah. on Black Panther, um, Black, the chosen language for... It's Tosa. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and of course, the the cultures that they're, they're pulling from are kind of all over the continent. Yeah. Um, I can pick up on African accents pretty well. The ones I'm most familiar with are obviously the ones that are within South Africa, Kenya, and Nigeria. And I have a lot of Nigerian friends, so I can pick up on that accent mm. pretty well. The other ones I'm still trying to get familiar with. I can kind of hear it, kind of not. I'm getting familiar with it. But when I watch Black Panther, it's like <laughs> I can tell when somebody's doing a trash <laughs> African accent. <laughs> Whatever country they're supposed to be from. Yeah, I don't know what... Forrest Whitaker. I don't know <laughs> what country you're supposed to be from. Uh, that we that don't the believe accent you. thing is really tricky, though, because again, just like um, having worked with my dialect coaches, there isn't a thing called the standard American accent, which is something that we're required to learn when we're doing accents in America. However, the dialect coach will tell you that. There's no such thing. So you kind of just pick an accent and then you try and make it as neutral as possible. So again, now coming with the African accent, there's no such thing. Because one, just taking South Africa for an an example, we have 11 official languages. Right. 12 with sign, but obviously there's no sound there. With the different cultural groups, every every group speaks English a little bit differently. So from South Africa, I can tell what cultural group you're from when you speak English because there's a hint of your vernacular language in the accent. Mm -hmm. So now that's just South Africa alone. So now I imagine the whole continent and that. It's weird, but um, my dialect coach that I worked with at the beginning of Underground Railroad was also a dialect for Black Panther. And so I understood the sounds because when she she when she would compare how I'm speaking to how she's speaking, she would then say, because this is how you say it in Africa. And I'd be like, that's not how we say it. Excuse me, that. African girl speaking. Uh, <laughs> in her natural accent. <laughs> in her natural accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was like, okay, I understand why Black Panther sounded the way it did. What I would have appreciated was just them deciding on one accent and sticking to that because they're saying that they're from the same land we'll believe whatever you sell us just decide on let's let's sound the same because obviously um lupita is from kenya denai i think her roots are in zimbabwe you know um but then nakia I, i can't remember nakia's backstory which is lupita's character has she left Wakanda and come back, you know, because that also then influences the accent. Yeah. But if she's always been there, then um, they can't then also sound different to Chadwick, who is the prince of Wakanda. We all need to sound as much of the same as possible. Because yeah. that's, that's you guys, the, the, the people who are making the story set the rules of the game. And we as the audience are more than willing to play the game as long as the rules make sense. Yeah. 
And this is something you told me, though. This would trip me out, and mm-hmm. that frustrated me. I didn't know this was true. Yeah. Tell the people, tell the people about all these extras and them supposedly supposed to be, because they're, they're supposed mm. to be speaking, I'm going to try it again, closer, closer. They're supposed to be speaking that. I think that was, um, well, not even Africa, South Africa. That was one of our biggest frustrations because obviously we were there, oh, you know, closer, 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 you know. But then you would have the actors um, start a sentence in closer, but then speak gibberish or gibberish. For the rest of it, y'all it heard just, that? Yeah, Did it was, y'all it was hear hard. That? <laughs> yeah, people go it back was... and listen to Black Panther. <laughs> they are not saying anything. They are speaking in fake tongues. <laughs> no, don't stop that. They're just making up tongues. <laughs> but you know, um, they're just making up stuff. I hate you. <laughs> I'm not gonna put his name out there because I'm not gonna embarrass him. <laughs> Yo. Talk about America. I hope he doesn't listen to this. He might. Uh oh well. I have to tell the story because I have a South African with me, so you can laugh with me. I don't know if I told you this story. I had a friend of mine who came with me to South Africa, right? And he's never been to Africa before in general, never been to the continent, and he's just excited about mm. Africa. And he and and yeah, he just hadn't had a lot of experience with. <clears throat> Anyways, we get on our plane. It's a fifteen-hour flight. Yeah, nonstop from Atlanta to Joburg, and we get to Joburg. We have a rest day in Joburg for about a, and so we can't got in that night rest for a day, and then the next day, I think I had a show or something like that in Joburg, and then right after that, we fly to Cape Town. I have a show in Cape Town, do a show in Cape Town that night. He stays in Cape Town. I fly from Cape Town to Durban to do a show while he stays in Cape Town, hang out with some Cape Town friends. All right. Timeline. We're three or four or five days into this trip now. I come back from Durban. So the next day we have two days chilling in Cape Town. Cape Cape Town's beautiful, by the way, y'all. If you want a nice anniversary honeymoon <laughs> something trip that's different go to freaking cape town you know <laughs> go to just south africa in general bounce around it's beautiful get back to cape town we get on one of the little touristy buses with like the little red bus that goes around the city yeah the history of the cape, cape town or whatever and i was looking at a map and i was just like man isn't it crazy that we're like on the tip of the continent right now. Like we're on, we're literally, there's the water right there. We're on the edge yeah. of the continent and Brazil's not that far away. This is, this is weird to me. And I don't know what I said. This is the part that falls off for me in my, in my memory. I don't know what I said that triggered this question from him, but whatever I said after that, it made him ask, wait, South Africa's a country. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Wait. Where have we been? Wait, yeah, what do you mean? For the past five days, bro. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait. <laughs> I want to understand. This man said, wait, South Africa's the country? I said, and we're on the bus and we're or traveling Versus... to well, one, of the, one of my friends is from the Congo. Oh, did he think it was a state? No, 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 no. <laughs> what I don't know. He just thought it was Africa. No, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> he just thought it was literally South Africa, the, like sou- the, the south, south of, Africa. of Africa. It's what he thought. 
I said, bro, where do you think we flew into? We went through customs. Dog. You got to show your passport. You got it stamped. Who do you think stamped it? I don't know. Africa? I, 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 I yeah, it, it happens. Um, my uh, thing is this, yo. Like, we still don't have, I think the reason why we have so many <clears throat> misconceptions about Africa and we, we're going to have it for a while because all we know, that's the grace you can give to listeners that are American, that all we know, if I can afford a flight to Africa, all I can get is media. Like that really, yeah. that's that's what's inundated to me, what's poured on me. Yeah, That's all I'll know. And so I can, and same for y'all, like what we see in American culture on, yeah. on TV, that's all you'll know until you get there. Yeah. And so- um. The the tricky part is this though is that we still have extreme yes. views of Africa, yeah, and we don't we don't see just regular like everything like all that is just truly Africa. So on one side you have, you know the 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 poor black child with her stomach out mm. in a village with dirty feet and he's hungry yeah. and whatever that's like the super stereotypical extreme of africa yeah. and that exists in africa it does so i'm not saying that's not yeah. real africa that is part of real africa um and then or you know you have like the the shaman wise dude yeah. who always has something like he yeah. says it in his dial in his african accent, <laughs> accent. Quote, quote, and it yeah. just sounds smart because he's, he just sounds full of wisdom and he could levitate like, yeah and he could levitate yeah levitate. you know what i'm saying yeah. he's, he's mysterious and all yeah. that, like that and then you just jump over all of normal everyday life and you get to black panther and now we're like, that's what the Africa we want to yes. see. Like, yeah, man, I'm yes. from Wakanda, flying spaceships and stuff. And I was like, that's not Africa. That's not. Yeah. We skipped over all mm. the sort of everydayness of yeah. African government, African education. Yeah. You know, the African that goes to university and comes back home, hates their job. <laughs> right. You know, same sort of similar yeah. problems that everybody in the States have, you know, like these and we start to see just how different we are, but we also start to, when I, especially when I go there, I start to realize like, oh, y'all, yeah, we got the same, yeah. same stuff going on, still dealing with racism, yeah, still dealing with, yeah. um, you know, colorism, yes. still dealing. With, That's a topic nobody wants to talk yeah. about. Yeah, okay. all yeah. of that stuff is like a, you know. We all the things that are happening in Africa, particularly I'm, again, my reference is South Africa. I don't want to clump it, but just my personal experience has been mostly with South Africa. You start to see just how alike yeah. we all Deaf. are. I will say this though. I'll, I'll end on this note, or I don't say end on this note. One thing I will say is that as beautiful as the places are that I've been in South Africa and the things that I've experienced and all the wonderful nuances and differences that I've seen um, and smelled and tasted and felt and heard and all those things, I do not like y'all's ketchup. 
Oh my gosh. I hate gosh. it. I hate it's it. It's tomato sauce. I hate it. Exactly. And exactly. It's, it's not great. Ketchup. Oh my God, it's terrible. It's great. It's the worst. I don't know what it it's is. You're right. It's tomato great. sauce. It's great. It's tomato sauce and it's tomato great. Tomato sauce. The fact that you're calling that. I didn't even know people said that. There's a <laughs> phrase over here that we've always said, tomato, tomato, but nobody actually says tomato. <laughs> so the tomato phrase sauce. is almost is almost useless because nobody actually says that. It's but here tomato you are sauce and tomato it's great. sauce. Yeah. It's the word. If, if, if Americans, I will say all the tips I've given you about Africa. <laughs> thing I would say if you go, bring your own ketchup. It, bring your own from Chick Fil A, the little ones that had a little peel back joint, or you can, or you can squeeze. You have the two options. Bring them joints because they ain't got none of that over there. Oh my Ain't goodness. no Heinz, cause ain't even oh no ketchup. It's tomato sauce. It's tomato sauce, and it's great. Real tomatoes. Well, that wraps it up for episode seven of the Flights and Feelings podcast season one. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with my friend, Tuso. Um, man, much grace to her as she's embarking on a new uh, stage in her career. Hopefully things will kind of get back to a little bit of normal and sometime uh, for her to make it back to the States um, after all this, you know. Y'all know what's going on with everything. I saw a meme today that said people in Georgia. I guess it could be anybody, really. It was like people in Georgia don't call it coronavirus or COVID-19. They call it everything that's going on. (laughs) Man, how you holding up with, you know, everything that's going on? (laughs) Uh, We just tired of saying it sometimes. Almost like Voldemort, I guess. It's like the the name that should not be. I'm tired of saying COVID-19, man. Um, trying to stay abreast of what's happening and of you know in the know and at the same time trying not to bombard myself i have i have been taking in news uh, one drop at a time and i think that's wise i think that we all have to find our balance between staying in the know know what's happening because this is going to affect everyone including you including your families in some way fashion or another right and so we need to stay aware, but not so much to the point that we're just overwhelmed and underwater. Um, so that's my admonition to y'all. If you've not heard that from someone already, it's just, you know, be mindful of all the content that you're consuming in this time. Listen, I love y'all. Listen, I love y'all. Once again, I would love it if you were to support this uh, effort, this artistic effort on podcasts and YouTube by joining the Flights and Feelings Sky Club on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash doing, And you'll be able to find the unedited version of this podcast along with other extra content. Man, y'all could be going anywhere in the world. Well, you know, this man, I couldn't even, this was going to be a really great outro for this podcast. And then coronavirus hits and we locked down. I can't even say you can be going anywhere in the world. I'm going to keep saying it though. You could be going anywhere in the world with anybody else, but you're right here. So thanks for tuning in to the flights and feelings podcast. Remember to always fly home. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Atlanta, where the local time is 1046 a.m.
For your safety and the safety of those around you, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened and keep the aisles clear until we are parked at the gate. The captain will turn off the back seat. All right, last thing I want to ask you. I need to hear your best American hmm? oh, accent. No. Why? That's not going to work. Why? Because I'm consciously working on it. I'm very hard on myself about it. So I can't do it on demand. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll do my I'll do my uh my African accent on demand. Oh then. my goodness. Here oh my goes. gosh. Oof. And now <laughs> the power mm. of the black. Ooh, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you with every part of me right now. I hate we'll be you. Script, script away. <laughs> You're horrible. I hated him in that movie. <laughs> Leave him alone. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.